So, Berto, have you heard about the immigrant parent separated from children, Donald Trump, Jeff Sessions whole thing? Yeah, unfortunately, it's been it's been invading my mind like 24 seven, the last seven. Well, let's talk about it. And then if we have some time, let's go into some listener emails. What do you say? Let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. Who are you, Umberto? My name is uh, Umberto. I forgot my name, you see. My name is Umberto Castaña, and I run a daycare center at the Canadian border. So um, you don't, just to be clear. Um, and what is your summary of the current situation with these people? All right. So we have like, you know, cell membranes. If you have too much salt on one side, right, like the the water from the other side tries to get through the barrier so that the the solution evens out right so like the the pressure on one side ends up evening out same thing with air pressure and in general in nature things try to reach an equi- equi- a point of equilibrium right well we have this situation where you have a country that's generally prosperous and you know the standard of living is, is pretty good right which is the united states and south of the border we have terrible situations, right? Extreme violence, extreme displacement, horrible murders, horrible bad guys, all these things. And unless people don't know, you grew up in what country? In Colombia, South America, uh, which in the when I grew up was also in this horrible situation. We just weren't close to the border enough, you know? We were quite far from the American border. And so all these people in Guatemala, Honduras, and certainly Mexico run out of options in their life. They, they, these families with their kids, they run out of options. They, they can get killed. They have no work. And they actually sit there and they consider their options and they're like, well, we'll just take our chances crossing the border. And like, well, you got to go through some crazy desert. You might die. I know, but we're going to die here. Or, well, you know, when you get there, they'll, they'll arrest you. Like, I know, but we're, we're going to get killed here. Like, and this is what ends up happening. So you have this, a lot of families that, that want to come up and they want a better life. Now, uh, we have borders and we, we have laws that you have to try to follow, like what you have to follow to try to come legally into the country. Uh, and unfortunately, these families, they're not in a position where they can do that or they can wait. So they try to come anyways. That's the reality. It's been the reality for a long time. It, it, it's sort of getting worse now because the, the, the gangs in Mexico, the drug gangs are so bad. Well... At the same time, what, you know, there, there's this question of like, what do, what do you do with these families that are trying to cross? And then recently, like in April or something, uh, don't let them tell you this didn't happen. There was a policy change by this administration where they said, you know what? We're going to have zero tolerance. And anyone that tries to cross the border like more than once, that's it. We are arresting them. And along with that, it's like, well, what do we do with our kids? Well, kids got to go in detention because you, you can't put them in jail. So I guess that's the way it's going to be. And when they, by the way, when they first spoke about this, no one realized the magnitude of what was going to happen. Like, because no one was up in arms back in April, you know? And so this started happening. It started happening. And then it started snowballing because all these kids started getting put in, in these places. Right. And so I would speculate, and I don't, I'm sure there's no confirmation of any this way or that regarding the speculation, but I would speculate that uh, Trump and his people were uh, trying to appeal to their base by being tough on immigration, right? With the zero tolerance, yeah. Right. And which involves, you know, quite a lot of laws that span every administration, but they wanted to include a... They wanted to disincentivize people from trying multiple times because because right. one of the problems that they run into for themselves, every administration or every you know yep. border uh, control police situation, is well you can arrest them and then drop them off in you know Juarez right. and then the next day they're just going to try again you know or That's they'll right. go ten miles east or west and blah blah and so what right. they so. So they run into this conundrum of like, well, how can you make sure that you, you know, so how do you make sure they don't try again? Right. Well, one of the ways that you do it is while you have them in the United States, you basically like make life miserable for them for That's a while. Right. And, and that way they, they, the word gets out. It's like, well, you know what they're going to do? They'll take your kids away and you'll be in jail and you'll never see the freedom you want. Right. 
and that gives a, a lesser incentive to try that's the theory to try yeah. again right um so that's my guess that's my right. speculation as to well, why they initiated right, that absolutely right. right while at the same time by the way claiming that the the ton of, of these kids coming through are coming with uh either terrorists or m13 members that are trying to sneak through which then if you try to put those logic points together you're like wait then how is this going to disincentivize them? Because it's not even their kids. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> it doesn't add up. Now, do, do some criminals cross the border? Yes. But when you actually look at the data, and there's been a lot of recent research on this, what they find is that the, the rates of these sorts of people committing crimes is actually, if anything, slightly lower yeah. than... Uh, citizens, people born in the United States, uh, right. for various reasons. One, th- they're nice people. Yep. Two, they, they don't are, want to get caught. Yeah, they're terrified right. of being sent home because yeah, they're because yeah. they're desperate. Right. Uh, and you know, three, because Americans can be just as much of an asshole, criminal, killer as anyone else on the planet, if not more so. That's right. In some ways, so so we need to set that record straight. Right. You know, yes, some criminals. Case cases you can point to yep. are crossing the border illegally right. and 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 raping and killing and you know spreading drugs and doing horrible things in the United States. Yes, that's happening, and uh, it's at, at the same or lesser rate that American-born people are growing up in our society and deciding right. to rape and kill and create gangs and go on shooting sprees and all that. That's kind right. Of stuff. That just needs to be established. But you know, Trump won the election. You know, it's hard to measure, but on a good amount of this rhetoric of yeah. I'm going to stop. Yeah, he was, the, the wall was the big promise. And his first campaign speech was those Mexicans, the rapists yeah. and the killers. These bad hombres. <laughs> you know, so his his this is his base. Oh, absolutely. This is what his people want to do. People not just by the border, people as far as Duluth, Minnesota, for example. So I watched that whole rally and the press conference before it. it it's like a two-hour thing. Um, and, and man, I am, I am a little bit terrified because he is spinning a really strong story for himself with that base because he's, you know, he's going in there and his story is, I, you know, stop nuclear war. You know, I've, I've basically saved the world from North Korean nuclear war, number one. Number two, lowest unemployment in history of the U.S. ever, you know, whatever. And number three, uh, record profits, uh, you know, everything. Everyone's making so much money. Number four, stopping the border, the inflow of, uh, the, you know, because the Democrats want everyone to come through open borders. I'm stopping it. It's over. We're so tough. We're super tough. So tough. Number five, we're getting out of everything with all these European people and all these weirdos and all these UNs and stuff. Out, out, out. Number six, we're absolutely defending Israel at all costs. Like, all these things. And like this message, man, it's so strong. Like they're like, yeah. And we, oh, and we, you know, we're at coal, absolutely. Metals, absolutely. Yes, tariffs, because we want workers in America, workers in America. So, you know, I was sitting there listening to that going, wow, this is going to be really hard to, to stop against that base, that piece of the... Right, right. Yeah. There, there is a lot of confusion and a lot of propaganda yep. and a lot of fear. Right. And, you know, then you get Trump. Yeah. Okay, so then back to this topic. Um, you know, I came legally into this country. My parents came legally into this country. So for a long time, I had felt... I just want to emphasize legal. Legal? Legally. You said legally, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, I, I always have a hard time because legal, when people say it quickly, it sometimes oh. people think you're saying illegal. Oh, oh I see. So no, I'm, I came legally. You, uh, you followed, your parents followed the law. My parents followed the law. Yeah. So when I was a baby, they applied for a visa, for a work visa. They came up and they eventually, well. And, you, and presumably your dad was, got to the front of the line because he was a physician. Yeah, because, and he went, he, he, yeah, that's right. He got accepted into university in Boston. It's so. a little easier to get right into the country. And it might have been easier in the 70s, maybe. I don't know. But in either case. And that's actually what Trump is talking about in the rally in Duluth because he's talking, the, the, they're using this word merit now, which right. is interesting. And that's the way immigration has always right, worked right. In, in terms of, 
um, favoring people who contribute to, to right. our society and, and aren't, quote-unquote, a drain. And so for the longest time, my position on, on illegal immigration was sort of uh, fairly heartless. You know, I would say, uh, I remember having conversations where I'd say like, hey, listen, my family did it legally. So, and, oh, and by the way, none of my relatives in Colombia can easily just come to this country. Like if someone wants to visit me, they have to go through this painful process, pay a ton of money. It's really hard, right? God, so, you don't think about that because, you know, you and I are going to Colombia next right. month. And it's trivial for you. And uh, yeah, I, I just bought a ticket. Right. I assume I didn't even think right. about anything. I just right. bring you my just passport. There, you can't just do that. Ugh. So I was sort of upset. No, actually very upset. And so anytime illegal immigration come up, I would be really upset. I was like, it's not right. People need to do it the right way. So now I've uh, evolved my thought on this over the last, I don't know, decade or something. Because essentially, yes, it, I, I do believe that uh, unless, if, if laws are really unjust, we should fight against them and try to change them. And of course, in the extreme, that means uh, revolution, right? But but in general, the idea that, well, a country has borders and we don't yet have a world society. So yes, you need to respect those laws. But the thing is, if you stop there in your analysis... You're sort of like blind to the underlying cause, right? The root cause for these issues, these issues. We have a drug policy that basically criminalizes most drugs and therefore creates this huge trillion dollar industry that's unstoppable, right? And that corrupts everything. So uh, without defunding that by, by legalizing and regulating drugs, without actually investing in really strong trade partnerships and development partnerships across at least Central America, right? This isn't going to stop. It's only going to continue. And you could say, well, we're going to detain the families and stuff. So first of all, you detain the families and you take their kids away. Fine. How does that stop the criminals? Right. Oh, yeah. Well, well, they were coming with the kids. Fine. They'll just try a different strategy. But Let's say you were right. But that's not what the base is right truly worried about right. you know if it was just criminals which right. they are right. they just don't want the influx of the others they don't want the others yeah. they don't want brown people yeah. uh you know there are uh communities yeah. in the united states where um there's there's no immigrant like um i think this american life about a year ago did an episode they went to some some far away town in alaska yeah I think it was Alaska, somewhere up north, and there's zero brown people, yep. and there never have been brown people. <laughs> and they were going around talking to everyone, and everyone was like super pro-Trump, right? all the anti-immigration. And then right. the interviewer would be like, so have you ever met an immigrant you know, from Mexico or anything? Nope. And don't want to. You know, why? Well, you know, you know all the propaganda right. and stuff. And it's just like, so... What you know? What exactly are you worried about? I think, ironically, a lot of the border towns like Texas, and Southern California, um, even if you just take the white people in those areas, are not quite as paranoid about immigration because they experience it on a daily basis. And it's yeah. a daily basis, and it's not a big deal to them. They're just yeah. like, yeah, you know, uh, I I like Jose. He's a good guy. He has yeah. a you know, uh, he owns he cleans a, my toilets, or he has a he owns a Seven Eleven, or his right. son became an immigration lawyer. You yeah. know, they're they're there's nothing to be afraid of. Right. Like, don't worry about it so much. But you you get further into the country where the propaganda of like waves of Muslims and terrorists yeah, yeah. and Mexicans and drugs and they're going to rape your daughters and you know it's a very and even now they're even saying that about Canada the Canada border. There was a senator even talking about like, yeah, maybe a wall and stronger border at the Canada is a very good idea. You know, like this is... To keep Canadians out? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and any of the terrorists coming in through Canada. Oh. Right? Now, here's the other thing about this. The thing is, is like terrorists uh, got into our... The, the foreign terrorists that did the most damage, they came in legally. Oh, totally. Yeah. They, they were... To they had enough resources. Right. These were actually educated... Um, but that's upper the, upper right. or middle class dudes from mostly Saudi Arabia, right? right? Weren't they mostly from Saudi yeah. Arabia? Yeah. This is this is exactly the the irony with all this. So similar to, and how, and I just want to point out that domestic terrorism is a massive problem. Compared, absolutely. Yeah. And and, yeah. and you know 
uh, good American-born white boys uh, committing terrorist acts in on American soil is a massive problem. So you know, we yeah. just have to calm down a little bit on the on the immigrants. You know? So th- this is a little similar in my mind to this. Uh, so when we talk about the gun problem, you know, like there's a massive school shooting or something, and then we have the the, the usual debate, and then nothing happens, right? But um, a lot of times, what what happens is you'll say someone might say. Well, we should really regulate guns. And then someone might on the other side might say, no, 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 that's not the problem. The problem is mental health, right? But then if you then try to go to the next step and say, okay, fine, let's, let's see if we can actually do something about mental health, that conversation ends, <laughs> right? There is no, okay, well, all right, let's really invest in mental health, you know, and let's see what we can do with that. And similar in this case where, Let's say you are scared of all this influx of the foreigners, right? But then if you, if you even went to the step of, all right, well, okay, then why don't we do something about the situation in those countries? Why don't invest, let's invest some of our money that we have so much of into making those countries better. Let's stop the flow of drugs. Let's all these kind of, or like, you know, the, the making them illegal and stuff. No, that conversation will go nowhere because, of no. course, we don't want to invest in those countries. And, of course, we don't want to decriminalize drugs. And, of course, and, of course, and, of course. This is why I'm so hopeful that Obama makes his Netflix show. Have you heard about Obama? Yeah, I did, yes. Because, and I don't know, have you heard what it's going to be about? I just that it's the Obamas and it's going to be educational in some way. Okay, educational, which is, which is what I thought it would be. I thought yeah. it would be, like, Obama doing, like um, – like Vice, you know how Vice, the yes. TV show, but less sensational, you know, more like, let me explain global warming to all Americans. Yes. You know, let's, let's go over the, the debate. Here's the, what the scientists say. Here's what people, you know, let's, let's try to walk ourselves through this. Because Obama is, he's a bit of a moderate in a lot of ways. Yep. And he's really big on trying to not be partisan. He, yep. he, he, he really, Which is, again, so ironic since he was accused of being the most divisive and partisan in history. Well. And tearing our country apart. Yeah. So <laughs> the, um, uh, so that's what my hope is, is that he can come along and actually make a yeah. bunch of episodes about immigration. Right. But the problem is, is no Republicans will watch it. Yeah. So I just want to say to any Republican listeners or conservative listeners or people, I don't know. Trumpites. Or just people who don't like what we're saying. Um, I, I politically, as of late and off and on over the span of my voting years, have chosen to neither identify as right or left for reasons that I find that propaganda and misinformation and ideology um, is a problem for many different pockets of political circles. So – just want to say that up front. The other thing is, is that um, the the notion that criminals are actually crossing the border is a problem. And you know, if a, if a criminal from any country, Canada included, uh, came into this country and like raped and killed my sister or something, like I I would be upset about that. You know, I don't want that to happen. Like, I, I, no one wants that to happen. Nope. Is the thing. And so, if we want to work on that, let's work on that. You know, let's 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 get logical about that. Berto is bringing up evidence-based, um, you know, uh, ideas about legalizing cocaine and heroin and regulating it uh, in the way that we have done in many states with marijuana. And guess what? Like criminal criminality goes down. Uh, funding the um, bootleggers and the warlords uh, eliminates the warlords essentially. Yep. And so. Um, uh, and, you know, imagine if, you know, Colombia, Mexico, these places actually had just like cash crops of opium and of of cocaine. And then you just regulate it, you know, bring it all up into the forefront. People, when they start, like when people have a problem with alcohol or with cigarettes, they get help for it. Yep. But they don't have to live on the streets and like steal car steros and break into homes That's to get right. their next fix because there's a program out there for methadone and, you know – compassionate, rational uh, program that saves money, saves lives, stops people from uh, killing and raping and and robbing your house. It's logical. But of course, um, you know, given the culture of drugs and say no to drugs and the evil drugs and everything, it, it takes a while to convince, but we can do that. And of course, 
the government isn't trying. And that, that's, that's the thing that really bothers me. And that's why I have this great hope, <laughs> hope and change for Obama's TV yeah, show, yeah. because it's like we have a politician, you know, like with Gore when he, you know, he did the, right. um, the global warming. Interest. Yeah. Or the climate change bit. Like, I think that actually changed some people's minds. You know? I think so. Yeah. Like it, there were people who didn't need to have their minds changed, but I think, you know, his, um, you know, he's from the South ish, yep. isn't he? And so, you know, I, th- I think some people actually turned around because of him. Um, so that's what I would like politicians to do. I would like them to like, ha- and I feel, feel like Obama is a good person to yeah. do that. I feel like he can just sit down and be like, you know, hey everyone, let's let's, right, look, right. let's look at this. So I, I, I share your optimism in that sense. No, I don't have an opt. I'm not optimistic. Or your hope. Sorry. Yeah. I share your hope. Yeah. But because honestly, I, I these last. So this is a thing where I had started to see the little news bits here or there of like, oh, kids being detained, kids being, and I got to be honest, I was sort of like ignoring it because I was like, uh, I don't even want like what really? I didn't I didn't want to deal with it. And in the last 10 days, it, it started escalating so much that it was impossible. And, and then I started looking into it and watching and reading. And, and then I got so sad, so depressed, so angry that it was even hard to sleep one night, uh, that plus the heat. And it was just like, wow, you know. And one of the things that I've been really shocked about is how far back the other way we have swung in certain topics like... Uh, environmental stuff and global warming and things. Because I did think, okay, when Al Gore's movie came out, of course it wasn't going to change everyone's mind. And he was ridiculed by a lot of people and things like that. But I thought, well, this is a step in the right direction. Well, so there are things afoot that have nothing to do with our president and his employees. We, around the world, are uh, you know completely divorced from any American politics are advancing forward rapidly yes. with solar power. Yes. Uh, and whether or not Trump wants to you know, yeah. be on board with that or not, it doesn't matter because uh, it's going to happen, and it's already happening. Yep. And, and there are communities actually in America right now that are producing most of their energy through renewables. Yep. And, and, and so that's hope right there. I'm just yeah. like, you know, we don't need the president to actually be a part of any kind of uh, – you know, what is it, the Paris Accord the or Paris something? Accord, yeah. uh, because, you know, other countries will will save the day, you know, and the private sector in, in the United States. You know, you got uh, Tesla with his, uh, yeah. with his what do you call the wall battery thing he has? Um, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, you know, storable. And the solar panels. And solar panels and the, the, and states too. States can do what they want. They can give uh, tax breaks to people who install right. uh, uh, solar panels. They can uh, give them, um, you know, they can buy the, the, the electricity from them at either wholesale or otherwise. And, so, you know, things are moving forward is the point. But so uh, that isn't to say that there aren't damage and there's not a slowdown because, you know, it's pretty clear that there is. So yeah. I, I don't want to get into partisan discussion, but I do want to say a couple of things. And I want to get into the research. Uh, but before we do that, let's take a break. What do you say, Bruno? Yeah. All right. We're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast yet and you're a Republican, I understand why, because you, you probably hate us. No, just joking. We, I did a survey uh, of all of our patrons, yeah. and we have, yeah, a, a percentage. A mix. Yeah, a percentage of, um, of right-wing people, either in the United States or Australia or, right. or UK or whatever. Um, anyway, so uh, I don't want to get into a partisan discussion, but... Um, I will. I do want to say one thing. If our government has a policy that is purposely separating children from their parents for no good reason, other than to like disincentivize people from uh, coming across the border, which clearly I think that's what the reason is, that's an immoral act. Um, I don't. I don't think even Republicans, if they really thought about it, could could get behind that. It's immoral. Period. It's wrong. It should be changed. Uh, they appear to be changing it, honestly. Um, right? Aren't they changing it? Yeah, by force he passed that uh, the executive order, which he said he couldn't do, 
And that's only the beginning because they, they still, two, over 2,000 kids are currently separated from their parents. And they don't really have a good plan. They've, by the way, they've shipped them all over the place, apparently, not right. just in one little facility or no, something. No, no, yeah. They're, they're like in New York. Yeah. And, you know. So how are they actually going to reunite? Considering that they, I was hearing they were not keeping really great records of where the parents are going. And so it's, it's a really horrible yeah. story that will yeah. have repercussions for a long time. Yeah. And, and uh, guess who's going to pay for it? Uh, us. Yep. Yep. Um, so, uh, and all Americans should see it that way. And if you're a Republican out there, uh, you know, obviously, if you just really look at the non-propaganda data, factual information, uh, you have to agree that that's immoral. You you just you can't do that. Uh, you can have a firm. You can follow the law regarding regulation at the border. Um, you can deter people in within reason from crossing the border, quote unquote, illegally. Um, you know that's not immoral because it's it's following the law. If you want to change the law, people, if you're if if you're upset that we're not letting more people in, then then you know talk to your congressman, congressperson. Uh, talk to your senator. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, f- pass laws. Uh, that's a, so. Anyway, um, but I do know that there are problems across several presidential administrations. There's some fake news about like Obama having a similar policy, which doesn't appear to be true, which I can't imagine being true. But anyway, um, throughout the Obama years, I had colleagues who actually were hired as clinicians to assess children and families as to uh, the damage that would happen to the children as a result of deporting their, it was usually their father. Yeah. And, um, And so they would go to court and they would say, if you deport this father, you are going to rip this child, this child's father away from, from him or her, and this child will never see their father again, and this is going to cause damage. And the U.S. government, um, under Obama, under George W. Bush, and before, I'm guessing, would absolutely fight to deport that person. Yep. And they didn't seemingly care at all about the damage that that would do to children. So this isn't relegated, th- this type of like separation or um, the, the kinds of things that immigrants have to deal with in terms of forcefully being separated from their kids is is not a new thing to Trump. Trump Trump has a particular policy that is like overt separation like almost like everyone who, you know, he runs into he's trying to separate. But anyway. Well, wait, sorry, to be clear about one thing. Um so so today I was watching one something he was talking about. He was saying that the the zero tolerance policy is necessary. Because if they don't have a zero tolerance policy, we will be completely overrun and there will be millions flooding in. Now, the fact is that before April, we didn't have a zero tolerance policy and that was not happening. Right. So the thing that was different, yeah, our government has done really shitty shit forever. Yeah. The thing that was different- Like FDR. Absolutely. The beloved Democrat who locked up my family, citizens- not even immigrants. Right. We're talking citizens born in this country, okay? Right. So, uh, you know, we can't talk about Trump as, like, inventing something right. new. Oh, and, and so, someone was pointing out how even in that case, they weren't separating the kids. <laughs> it's like... Oh, but so, they rounded up every right, single right. Uh, so, Japanese descendant, even citizen. You know, right. we're talking hundreds of thousands of people. Right, right. So the the difference is that Right now, we are not talking about this. We're not talking about, you know, the FDR stuff. We're not talking about Nazi Germany. We're not talking about, I know some people are, but if we just talk about the actual facts on the ground, like why is everyone up in arms? What's happening? It's because there was a policy change in April. There was a policy change in April that went from making rational exceptions based on situations to saying zero tolerance. And that created a problem that no one was ready to deal with and, and now went from, the the stats I heard were a couple of uh, kids' cases uh, per quarter or something like that to like 60 a day leading to like 2,000 in 60 days or something like that. You know, like it's that kind of dramatic increase. Where they, and, and so, yeah, I, it is true. There, there's always been like, well, and this happens even just with normal crimes, right? Like a, a person commits a crime, missed a drug offense or something. They're not a murderer. They just commit. And they go to jail and their kids are left without a father. Right. This happens all the time. Right. I didn't even think of that. If you want to talk about like things our government does that 
to me, and I'm guessing you, are completely irrational. Yeah. Uh, Counterproductive. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the millions upon millions right. of people who go to prison for 25 years right. because they had a, you know, a bag of ecstasy pills yes. and it was their third strike or whatever. And all they're doing is taking a recreational drug that you know lots of people take and it's not that big of a deal or or marijuana let's just and, talk about right. that and uh, and they and and they're turning into now career criminals and their family is torn and the kids grow up and I'll get right. in I'll get into this research shows they're more likely to commit crimes that's when they're right. separated from their parents vicious vicious circle right so Having said all that, I just want to say that the discussion over immigration that I see in the general media is um, not appealing to me on either side. Um, I, obviously, the conservative arguments are that I've laid out that I, can, I find to be simplistic and fear-mongering and inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the left, I don't even want to get into what I don't like about that because <laughs> it's just going to trigger you, Umberto, or it's going to trigger <laughs> the listeners or something. But I find it also to be um, simplistic. Uh, the, and I think if I, if I say one thing about the liberal rhetoric around immigration – is that it plays right into Trump's hand because it freaks the right out. Because the way liberals talk, at least in sound bites, to the right, it sounds like liberals are saying that we don't even want a border. You know, that that's that's the way we're coming across. That's the way liberals come across to conservatives is um, because what liberals will say is like, oh, it's draconian. You know, you're you're being so mean to these people. And uh, and it, unless you say something to the effect of well, I believe in a border. (laughs) I just believe that we should be nice about it. You know, like there should, yeah, there should be some laws about, you know, we can't just let anyone in. Now, you know, I don't know. The reason this doesn't trigger me, at least if that's where you're going, is because, uh, A, I definitely believe in that. But B, um, well, actually, (laughs) quick, super small digression is, I actually do think that uh, as a world society, we have... We have outgrown, uh, outgrown traditional borders, uh, but that's a whole separate rat hole. But anyways, what I'm saying is I do believe in the rule of law. I believe that if we have borders, we, we enforce it. What I, what I think is grotesque is that, look, I, I think you know these stats. Under Obama, there were more deportations than under Bush. Right. Right. He beat, he broke records. Right. right. Now, I'm, and, and how many people, how many liberals were up in arms about that? Right. Right. Uh, so some progressives were. But they were this tiny little minority. Uh, we're talking, you like, know, almost silent. You yeah. Know. So now, is that good or bad? We can debate that. But the, but the fact is, right now, the the message being sent is that this is all the Democrats' fault. Yeah. This well. is all the Democrats' fault. They yeah. created the law. Okay. It's their policy, and we are we are. Asked to absorb two things at the same time. One is the Democrats want open borders and want everyone to rush in, and this is their policy. Yeah, right. right, right. (laughs) How do those two? (laughs) Right. So, and that's, you know, ridiculous. But like I said, if you want to freak out the right and have them love Trump even more, just keep talking the way you're talking, liberals, because it freaks them out. I agree with you that. Uh, we have to eventually go to a borderless situation. Yeah. And, and it is, uh, uh, I don't know the economics, but I'm sure I'm guessing that if we did just open up the borders in, in the Western hemisphere, that the average um, G- GDP of the average American who lives here now would drop, right? Cause you yeah. have an influx of people who, um, you know, I don't know. It would just take a while for for things to kind of spread out, and yeah. eventually it would be messy at first. Eventually, we yeah. would, you know, uh, be stronger than ever. I'm guessing, yeah. but there would be an initial problem. You know, a lot of people might lose their jobs. Um, there would be, I don't know, somewhat of an economic drain to support people who need things and stuff. But you know, um, and by the way, and without addressing the drug problem, that whole swath of states along the border uh, like cities and stuff they would get violent as hell (laughs) 
Well, right. That, so, that well, obviously, <laughs> if if we got to a place where we were making a borderless hemisphere, we could get to a place to legalize drugs. Right, right, right. I yeah. see what you're saying. Like, yeah. we wouldn't have gotten there without yeah, yeah. some interim steps. Right. So, so you know, um, we would uh, we would uh, benefit overall because, you know, as you often say, you know, if the aliens came to our uh, planet and enslaved us. We would have no defense, <laughs> yeah. and one of the not only the animals yeah, that we yeah. that we treat, but also to the way we treat our fellow human beings. Right. I mean, there, you know, we Americans uh, never you know, like you and me, Umberto. We we never go hungry, uh, yeah. and even if we lost our jobs, like there would be there would say, be a net. There would be a net just yeah. in just in terms of our family members, yeah. our immediate family members. Yeah. And if we didn't have that, there would be uh, you know other kinds of safety nets. Yeah. Blah blah. Um, and so uh, imagine imagine if um one day the a- aliens show up and they're like hey uh earthlings you have crossed our border illegally we're like what yeah your solar system is now in our region of space wait what yep you're all going to <laughs> internment camps sounds like a good snl sketch yeah. um so uh so morally speaking it is extremely problematic that we have borders at all between um, prosperous countries. Because, you know, the whole idea is it's like, well, you got to keep a border up because we have to preserve our wealth. Yeah. And we don't want them to take our wealth. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And that's that can't be right, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, now, I think it's way too much to ask our society to it, just it, open up the borders. Right. So, so and the, and the governments are a little, not a little, the governments in some cases are way too disparate. In terms of policies and rules and things like that. Okay. So, like, you know, you would say, why aren't there borders in the United States be- between states, for example, yeah. right? And in general... Because we have a very dominant federal army that, that yeah, stops that from happening. That's right. And not only that, the federal at the federal level, there is enough commonality that basically, even though there are different states' differences, it is not... It is not like you're not in one state and go like, "What country am I in?" You know? Well, okay, okay, okay. Fine, I mean, uh, fine, I, fine, fine, fine. You're right. Uh, uh, <laughs> the the constant, you know, we had the Civil War in yeah. which there were states who actually tried to break free, and then during that time, um, yeah. the the North you're won right. that some war. States do want? To. <laughs> yeah, and and so the reason why states don't break free is yeah. because they're fairly sure the federal government What's will the, will in, invade them. That's fair, and and put an end to it. Clearly, so, there's less difference between Vancouver and Seattle than there is between Seattle and say Kansas or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Um, anyway, so um, so. Uh, so what I'm saying is, like, as a liberal person, if you want to bridge the gap and have uh, the right understand you and come to your side, you have to at least have the caveat of, like, okay, fine, border. Yes, I'm for it. And the other thing is, like, there's always been a wall. I don't think people understand. Like, if if you've never been to San Diego uh-huh. or to Tijuana or to Juarez, where right. I've, I've been to Juarez, you know, right. I've been to El Paso. There's a fucking wall. <laughs> like it's the talk. The you know Trump talking about a wall isn't. I'm just like okay, to me. I'm like right. fine. Build a fucking wall. Like you'll just be extending a wall that's already there. That's why. I, I, that's I, why he got away also with saying, "Oh, we've already started." When they were revamping an existing uh, right. It's it, there's, there's been a wall there. I'm guessing for decades. You know, yeah. um, there are parts of of the border that don't have a wall. Like there's this. Um, uh, section uh, in Big Bend in Texas, uh, the Rio Grande. Right. It's hilarious to call it the Rio Grande. It is a small river. <laughs> like you could swim across it in probably like 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 thirty seconds. You, I wonder there's if it probably, used to be the Rio Grande. Probably, yeah, there's probably sections you can just walk across. You oh, know, wow. but there's this one section. Um, I I can't remember where, but there's a little town on the Mexico side, and we went to the. We just walked to the river, and yeah. there's there's no one there. And this guy in a on the in Mexican side of the just rows his boat across, uh, and for a peso or a dollar, I can't remember what it was. You get in his boat and he just paddles you across, and then <laughs> then, then you're in Mexico. And then what? we go to a city and we have breakfast and we ride, we ride ride horses and we just come back to Texas. And and that's the way a lot of the border is, you know, because oh man, especially in Texas, Arizona. The, the communities between Mexico and the United States are much more blurred. You know? I like see. there's, um, 
there's a house and a house. <laughs> like you, you might have cousins who live on the other side of the river, yeah. you know, and, it, and it's, and anyway, the point is, is that, and I also listened to another podcast, I can't remember what it was, it might have been Radio Lab, I'm not sure, in which they did this study uh, and actually looked at the numbers and looked at um, prior to the, or maybe it was 99% invisible, but it was prior to um, this one guy taking over in the 70s, I believe, the um, the border patrol situation. I, can't, right. I don't know what organization it was, but... Essentially, there was a time when there was much less uh, border security. Okay. And you had Mexicans who would cross the border to work in the United States, and then they'd go home. Oh. So they'd cross in the morning, work, and they'd go home because they, they want to live in home. They want to live in their country. Right. They want to live where they speak their language, where they have their food, where, you know, they, where their family lives. Right. And they only come to the United States to work. Well, when you put this really secure border they need to work. So they'll cross and stay is the right. thing for an extended period of time. And then they'll go back with when, once they get enough money. And so by actually having a more secure border, you've made it so that they won't, that the incentive is actually to stay. <laughs> the, the incentive is to stay in the United States, right. which is, which is That's another interesting. interesting kind of, you know, again, I'm not saying get rid of the border. That's, you know, maybe too radical for everyone, but um, anyway. Yeah, no. And, and that's why I'm saying like, you know, Instead of instead of zooming back out to all the world's problems, right, and all the history of everything bad we've ever done, there is something very specific that's been happening right. since April right. that's causing harm to. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what people wanted us to talk about, and we've, you know, of course, tried to solve all the world problems. <laughs> Berto and I, uh, neither of us have political science degrees, and you know, we're 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 brilliant. Um, armchair politicians and 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 world strategicians, world world um, uh, dictator people. Wouldn't yes. it be great if you and I were world dictators? Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I could get a margarita just by snapping my fingers. <laughs> um, yeah. So everyone should agree that separating children from their parents uh, for extended periods of time is immoral it's wrong um you know if you're going to detain people and you're going to uh figure out a time when you're going to send them back over the border you know okay that's probably part of the law right yep. you know to to detain people um even maybe even prosecuting people you yep. know like well you've done it three times you're going to jail you yep. know um it's just you know given your a description which is a very good typical story of someone who actually crosses the border i mean they're right. they're desperate and uh, it's you know it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. But like I said, I don't think we're even going to get liberals to say, yeah, just open the border. You know, no, no, anyone no. who come in. No. Um, so uh, and yeah. like we said, there are things right now, a whole host of other problems that would make that turn into a whole other kind of mess. Right. Yeah. So um, so uh, it's immoral. It's wrong. It needs to end. And it sounds like it is going to end. Uh, let's go into the research because that's what I think people want, want us to talk about. Yeah. Um, okay. So separating children and immigrant families has actually been studied for a long time. Oh. Um, it's not a new thing, you know, uh, because the immigration process presents a lot of situations where you have to get separated by, from your parents. I mean, you – well, you were separated from your parents, but it was because of uh, divorce, divorce. Yeah. not necessarily immigration. Yeah. But like some – uh, families, they only one of the spouses will get a visa to come in, right? You know, like the, from the Philippines or something, and then you know they're like, "Oh, great, I, I got my toe in the door." Okay, I'll you know I'll, so get, I'll go there for a while, and then which means I can't see you for like a year or something, right. or, or longer, or longer, right? And so, um, one study found that eighty-five percent of children in immigrant families were separated from their parents for a significant amount of time. Wow. Often for years, like anywhere from, you know, one to 10 years or something. Um, the average was like three years. So, oh, oh, by the way, you're, you're actually, it wouldn't be wrong to say that because of immigration, I was separated from both of my parents for a while. Because if you think about it, if my parents had lived in Bogota and separated, I would have probably stayed with one of them, period, right? Because the support structure was there. So you wouldn't think that I would have had to go live with my grandparents and not my dad if we were all in the same city. 
I'm oh, conf- you're going to have to back me up. Right? Okay, okay, okay. So we, I moved with my dad and my mom uh-huh. to Massachusetts. Uh-huh. They split up. I stay with my dad. My dad has no support structure, and he is alone in the States with me. It gets to be too much, so he takes me to back to Columbia. But he has to go back. He's got a career, a, a university degree uh, thing in Columbia University. Like, what is he going to do? So I go back to live with my grandparents for a year. While my dad goes back to New York so that he can get his, you know, base established. So then I can come back to live with him. Right. Right. So I was separated from my dad because he was trying to get his, his. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. It, even if that was the other side of the country of Columbia, it would have been the same, right? Because it was, it was just that you were separated from. He, well, but, he, he needed to work hard and yeah, he but couldn't. like, but like, sure, I guess any great distance, but no one would move within Colombia necessarily. Like, but I'm well, just saying, the it was city, right? It so. doesn't have anything to do with uh, crossing a border. Well, but it Could, does because, like, the only reason, what's the incentive for him to stay in 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 the states? It's because that was where the opportunity was, right? Yeah. Why not just go back to Bogota then? Because right. of different opportunities in Bogota, yeah, much less, right. much fewer opportunities. But I don't think that. So the, the but that what, is what happens with immigrant families, right? Well, right. So uh, and policies around who gets visas when will also contribute, right? right. Yeah. So you know, uh, like they don't they don't like the husband's uh, criminal record, like he has yeah. some kind of theft, petty theft or something. Right. But mom can get in. And mom can get two of the kids in, you know what I mean, or something like that. And so there's those kinds of policies result in, in that. And also just logistics like what you're saying yeah. in terms of – Yeah, I think I, I'm just supporting that point that I hadn't thought of, which is that immigration in general to – from like – especially in these cases where you're trying to start a better life in this other country, I see how they would be already problematic and would cause separations even if it wasn't, you know – Yeah, it happened yeah. to – my great grandparents, when they emigrated from Japan to Washington State, they left behind. Uh, they had six kids in the in the family. Eventually, uh, my my grandfather was born in Washington. Anyway, they had I think three or four kids at that point, and they left one of the boys behind, mm-hmm. and he had trouble his entire life. He oh, he was because he was like separated from his parents for like yeah. like four or five years or something. And you know, they didn't have Skype back then, that kind of, of thing. Of course not. So there's many demonstrated ill effects according to the research. You're much more as a child when you're separated from your parents in this situation. Not just any situation, but specific to immigration. Mm-hmm. When you're separated, you're more likely to be depressed. You're more likely to have an attachment injury, obviously. Uh, your school performance goes down. Your job performance goes down. You're more likely to have conduct disorder, which is the precursor to psychopathy or antisocial. You're more likely to involve yourself in criminal behavior and, and so on. Right. And this is found in several countries, not just the United States, but UK, Canada, you know, uh, Filipinos going to right. Canada, that kind of thing. Um, and there's been a lot of research, for example, Anna Freud and Burlingham in 1944 um, – they studied infants separated from parents during the London Blitz. You know what the London Blitz was? No. So we have the Nazis, the, oh, Luf- yes, the yes, Luftwaffe, yes, are yes, bombing London uh, relentlessly. Right. And there was this, you know, there's this fear of all the London knights worried that, like, are we, is my building going to blow up next, you know? Right. And so what a lot of the parents did is they're like well we still have to work in the city they sent their kids to the countryside yeah to live with their grandparents or a friend of the family or something this is actually uh what lion the witch in the wardrobe is based on Uh, c.s lewis you know they um edward and um phil or whatever the different the the four kids they i believe it's during world war two and they're they're at their like grandparents estate something and there's this lion the witch um uh, I, I, don't, I can't remember the details on that, but I'm pretty sure that's that's the situation. Well, Anna Freud and Burlingham did this study in 1944, and they concluded that it was better if the children stayed in London even and actually that stress and actually yeah endure the stress and maybe even possibly be get killed than to actually be separated from their parents for an extended you know six twelve you know twenty four months because of the psychological damage that it that it does to kids. Oh my god! You know we tend to uh, not. Uh, 
understand the importance of attachment. And, th- and this is why when um, people move a lot, so even if you stay with your family, uh-huh. but you move, you're, you're being separated from your community, your extended right. family, your friends, the teachers that you know, you know, like the, the corner shop, oh, friendly man. guy, your, your minister, all the people at your church. Right. Like even when you move with your family, Right, you're still enduring a, tr- a tremendous amount of attachment injury, which actually is neurological damage. It's not just like oh, a slight issue. Like you can actually have, you know, what I categorize as neurological damage and moral damage. And I've seen this. I've seen, you know, military families yeah. who uh, kids who, who grow up in military families and like move every two years or something, and they. It, in my estimation, always have some kind of issue related to that, where wow. they have a hard time relating to people, they have a hard time trusting people, they have a hard time being loyal to people, mm-hmm. they have a hard time developing... Because um, everything's going to end in a couple of years. Yeah, and and, and it's, that's not a cognitive idea to these children, because yeah. they, they were raised in that way, and so their brains developed in that context. And, and so... Don't they, get too attached. To some Don't extent, they're to... incapable of becoming attached to people. Oh, Do you know man. what I mean? Because yeah. they're because they're brains. So, um, so I also wonder if uh, you know how so many generations were sent to boarding schools, right? So that's that another must problem. Have caused crazy amounts of the oh, problems we have now. Oh my god! <laughs> so I have rich kids today who are sent to boarding schools and have and have psychological problems. Of course, because there's this idea of just like. They need to go to a boarding school. They need to learn from blah blah blah, or they need you know. And it's yeah. just like, um, <clears throat> well, if you want to damage them, and you know, so Harry Potter and all his friends damaged. Um, well, Harry Potter was in an abusive household that <laughs> okay, he hated his. That's true. But, but all the other kids, but the other kids who had loving parents, absolutely, they don't see him for a year. Can you imagine? That's, you go a whole year without seeing your parents, Malfoy. Because that happened to me, but <laughs> I mean, you could you could say Malfoy and yeah. his, his Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Well, actually, you got to wonder why there aren't more Malfoys. <laughs> well, there are. There, there's yeah, yeah. the Death Eaters and all those people. Right. Um, so, in conclusion, I just want to say, border laws and enforcement. Okay, it's a it's a normal thing that you know is across the vast majority of societies, particularly the ones who have a high GDP per capita. But permanently damaging children because you want to be tough on immigration, that's, that's immoral. It's wrong, and it needs to stop. And uh, it appears that Trump and his administration have heard the outcry, and they are responding. And um, so, But there's already been damage done, and yeah. that is on their heads. So what's the final word on that, Bruno? Well, I am I am hoping that because of all this pressure, uh, something happens. I do know that, unfortunately, or, or whatever, uh, it, it it has been used now as a bargaining chip. So it, it probably will result in wall more wall building and other things. But um, I, I just I, I I was sitting there like nearly in tears reading some of the accounts or listening to the audio and stuff, and. And yes, I mean, in some in some cases, it's it's a reality of the world. The world is not a pretty place, actually. But we shouldn't make it. We shouldn't help make it worse. Yeah, right. And just to add one last thing, I just want to say, if it's not clear, if you want to create criminal immigrants, yeah, then do this. Yeah, this is the right way to do it. You want a country to go to hell? This is it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that does it for that uplifting episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself. And Republicans out there and YouTubers who hate me, uh, feel free to fuck off and not leave a comment. (laughs) Because you deserve it. (laughs) 